You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. We've made it to Season 4, Episode 10, The One with the Girl from Poughkeepsie. Hi, I'm Ryan, and it never hurts to wear tight trousers. And I'm Mark. That little speech you made the other day, I got a problem with it. When don't you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're back again. Um, I am really happy that uh, they say Poughkeepsie in this episode, because reading that word, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I don't think it would have been Poughkeepsie. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of American cities and states where you look at it and you're like, I'm going to say it wrong. Yeah, like Albuquerque. I'm yeah. like, Albuquerque? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you say this? <laughs> Um, but we are back. It's another Patreon back episode. We'd like to thank our patrons, Jonathan, Paul, Katarina, and Deborah. Um, we literally wouldn't be able to do this without you. And uh, we appreciate every penny, cent, whatever your currency is in that you send to us. And where can they do that if they would like to help support us? On patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Yeah. I like the way I have to remind you, the host, co host. <laughs> All, right. All right. You downgrade yourself then. <laughs> It's, you know, we, we co-host the podcast, so I'm only half responsible. Yeah, but I, I think, the way I think of it is that we all, we both host our own episodes. So I, I was thinking back to one of our letters we got the, the other week, um, saying like they, they couldn't tell who was Mark and who was Ryan. And actually, the answer should have been, whoever like leads the episode first and says their name, like you know, they're the one who's generally doing the most talking. So in this episode, you're the host because you led first. Fair, yeah. And so you're going to do most of the talking. So you're listening to Ryan most of the time. I think that's a fair so, point, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, thinking about reviews uh, and feedback, uh, everyone enjoying the show? They, they, they all liked it, yeah? Uh, we've got two new reviews, Mark. Uh, a three-star review from right here in Great Britain uh, from Letty says, Slow, it's okay, but you need to speed up a bit. I'm waiting for the one with Unagi. Well, that's going to be... I, I was trying to figure out the other day. I think it's about two years away yeah, it's for a while. us to get there. Because <laughs> we, we do one episode a week. Um, and that's, you know, a couple of series in. Like about, I think it's about season six or something like that. Um, so what I suggest you do with your time whilst you wait is what we all do. And start Friends from the very beginning again. And what I suggest you do this time is watch an episode and then listen to our you know, episode afterwards that matches it. And then back us on Patreon and listen to the Patreon exclusive episodes and that will help for the time. Yeah, that will fill two years of your time easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've decided to see these three stars, these three very positive stars, Mark, because they would like us to speed up, which means they're, you know, they're voraciously seeking more of our content, more of our perspectives. You know, they want us to get to their favourite parts. Yeah, which is, you know, I mean, everyone that I know that listens to the show in, in like our personal lives um, are all like, oh, can I come on for this episode? And everyone wants to be a guest, but just for that one or two particular episodes yeah. that they're really excited about. Um, I know, they're, they're really supportive of us, aren't they? They just want to appear for their favourite moment. Some more than others. To, 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 <laughs> to steal like the favourite joke of the time. Uh, one of my work friends, uh, he and his wife listen to the podcast and they used to listen kind of together. It would be on in the house while they were cooking or whatever. That's weird. Um, is that weird? <laughs> well, as, not because they're both listening to get, to get while they're cooking. It's just like knowing that someone is listening to us that we know. 
I feel that's just weird. That, well, I think it's a point now that they're both listening at different times. Okay. Um, but I just like, he said it's weird because sometimes he'll go home and he'll open the front door and he'll just hear his wife listening to me. And he's <laughs> like, it's really weird. And I'm like, as long as you're, as long as you're not in the bedroom, yeah, then that's, that's fine. fine. I just spent it for I didn't, hadn't really occurred to me that that would be a thing that would happen that like, my mate gets home and then he just can hear, like, he's been with me all day at work and then I'm, he's still having to hear my voice at home. I'd be like, yeah. Oh, I, two things popped into my head. One is, if he falls asleep listening to you, that's going to get creepier over time. Because lots of people listen to podcasts and fall asleep listening to them. I did it last night, yeah. Um, and also, if you you know enter the house and all he hears, da 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 da. It's fair. It's good times. Uh, and then we have a second review mark uh, from Christine19834 from the United States of America. Uh, she gave us five stars and said, love this. This is a fun podcast to listen to. I'm from Illinois, but I greatly enjoy listening to two British men's interpretation of friends. Well, yeah, Illinois is another place where you look at it and go, Illinois? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of the names, I mean, I don't know the duration of Illinois, but yeah. But yeah, no, thank you very much for your reviews. I'm glad people are sort of enjoying the show, I guess. Yeah, I've, oh. never, I've never been to Illinois. No. I'm sure I will at some point. I mean, uh, that's the thing. You're like, oh, no, I've been to Illinois. It's like, there's many states and cities in you know America. I'm sure most Americans have gone to most of them. Yeah, I always find it weird when like, especially when I mean, I've visited New York most often, I guess, New York, New Jersey. And when I'm there, I'll hear people with American accents that don't sound like New Yorkers and it would be their first time in New York and I'm always really confused I'm like how are you like 30 and have never been to New York before when you live in America but then you actually remember America's huge yes. like getting to the age of like 20 in Britain and no matter where you're from and having not been to London would be really weird well, to yeah. me at least like you know when, when have you been to Scotland never when have you been to Ireland never when have you been to Leeds once I think okay yeah. So yeah, but like they're far closer than all these other like cities. With no disrespect to any of the places you mentioned, Mark, they are not New York. They're not, but you know you should really have visited like Scotland and Ireland and Wales. You know the other parts of the United Kingdom. I suppose I should because I guess we'll start earlier of a tangent here, Mark. I recently had my ancestry DNA results. So how much Cherokee are you? None. I am basically the whitest person in existence. Yeah, I think uh, we could have all assumed that. <laughs> really? <laughs> just, just rain it off me. Um, let me find the actual breakdown because it, was, it wasn't surprising, but it, it kind of was surprising at the same time. It was, there was a bit of stuff in there where I was like, where's that come from? But uh, let me have a quick find. Yeah, so I had my... So basically what they do, if you're not familiar, is they analyze your DNA and kind of work out geographically where parts of that genome come from, I suppose. Um, I am 39% Welsh, which makes sense. My nan's Welsh, like, okay. wasn't really a surprise. Then I'm 37% Irish, which again, my dad was Irish, so not much of a strike there. What is weird is that it breaks Ireland down into like four different places where it's like you're super from these regions. Galway, Southern, I'm going to massacre these names, talk about pronouncing it in Illinois, <laughs> uh, South Conmara, uh, and then Connacht. I don't know, but my Irish friend got very excited. That I was from that park. Apparently, that's where his family are from, and he's like, "Oh, well, this explains your drinking problem." It's true. Um, and then, speaking of drinking, I'm 14 percent English, which they managed to narrow down to the Midlands. <laughs> it's, it's like they, they they totally know you. Yeah, how exotic! <laughs> um, and then six percent Norway, 
Okay. Um, which people weren't surprised. People were like, they're not surprised I've got Viking DNA. And I'm like... I think, yeah, most people in Europe have like Viking DNA somewhere, right? Yeah, I've got big nose, blue eyes, like contracts. Uh, and then I'm 3% Scottish. Don't know where that came from. Okay. And then uh, 1% Swedish or Denmark. Or was it Sweden and Denmark? And I was like, and Denmark? Like, was I right on the border? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I found that quite interesting. Um, I don't know why I did it, because I got FOMO, because my partner did it, and I wanted to know where I was from. Um, but yeah, um, basically, it goes like white, white, white. Oh, crap, Viking, white. Like, it just, oh, I was wondering something exotic in there. Yeah, no, you're pretty uh, generic. Like, great. Gen- generic NPC. Do you say, like, oh, look, Northern Europe. Great, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, that aside, <laughs> let's get into the episode, Mark. Um, we start with Ross entering the boys' apartment. Uh, he's late. Uh, but all he's really missed is Joey stuffing 15 Oreos into his mouth. That was really gross. I mean, we could try it, Mark. No, like just when he shows his teeth. Oh, I hate people open their mouth with food in it. It's gross. Yeah, it is gross. Um, it's a good thing Phoebe was there to catch us up, though. Um, but let's find out where Ross has been. So, where were you? Oh, on a date. Yeah, I met this girl on the train going to a museum upstate. Oh, oh yeah? Which museum? Her. No. Answer his. <laughs> okay, it was just me and her at the back of the train, and I sat near the doors so she'd have to pass by me if she wanted to, like, switch cars. She was totally at my mercy. Were you so late because you were burying this woman? <laughs> no, I'm getting back now because she lives in Poughkeepsie. She seems really great, but she's, like, two and a half hours away. How can she be great if she's from Poughkeepsie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that joke would have killed in Albany. It's not often, Mark, that Chandler isn't funny. Um, but yeah, I guess you really have to be in Albany for that joke to kill, because I didn't get it. No, it, yeah, I, I feel that's like a really regional joke. Yeah, I feel like eight people in the room got that joke. <laughs> it's, like, mm. it's, it's a bit like in a later episode where it's like, it's the, the Sooner State. And if you are not from that area, you're like, I don't know what that means. That's Oklahoma, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, like, I think I know that because like JR from wrestling. <laughs> I, I think it's Oklahoma. I guess our listeners will let us know. Um, I also like how Ross is like, she was completely at my mercy. And it's like, okay, creepy. Yeah, because it's like, uh, she had to walk past me. Like, no, don't try to block people in. Like, you know, I've, I've had friends tell me, like, they'll be on a bus or whatever. Plenty of seats available. Someone will sit next to them. It's like, no, don't do that. I get that. And it's never like the nice, charming people. It's always like the one loon who gets on the bus and wants to tell you that the wheels are made of candy spirits or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I sometimes get on the bus and uh, then Ryan pops up there and says this to me. <laughs> um, so sometimes I'm like, do I like reading books or do I just read books on the bus because it puts people off talking to me? Yeah, that's why I put headphones in. I, I both. That, that, that's, that's the universal sign for do not talk to me. Yeah. And people will still try. They did. A woman on the bus told me I had really pretty eyes. And I was like, thanks. You are oblivious. Can I get back to my book now? How old was she? Uh, my, my age. Oh, okay. I thought she was going to be, a, you, know, you know, like the older ladies, 70, 70 coming up to you and, you know, flirting with you a little bit. I'm not trying to pull on my cheeks. Like yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was about my age and she dropped lots of change on the seat and then didn't seem to care. And then I was like, well, I'm trying to read my Star Wars book. How oblivious are you? She was trying to, you know, buy you. Buy me? Yeah. <laughs> and that because I'm insulted because there wasn't even a note. It was like 74 pence in change. I think, I think that's, a, that's a fair amount for you. Wow. The market has crashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I do like, we do chat sometimes about how certain things in Friends hasn't aged well. And it's nice to know that trapping women in train carriages has always been bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's never been a good thing. Um, Then we get the titles. Um, And then, 
friends do something really helpful and we have a little transition scene clip of a Christmas tree so I know now it's Christmas Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. always awful trying to work out when friends is set and how much time has passed I mean it, it would have helped if you watched it at the time because I assume it would have been set around Christmas yeah, time but no, we can't wait I mean one of our reviews is already saying they want Unagi episodes and they expect me to seasonally match up my watching of friends no <laughs> yeah. I can't watch one episode at a time that's not right um, but the boys Rach and Phoebes are all chatting on the couch in Central Park where else would we be uh, Chandler's reading an old paper that he's picked up and Phoebes tells him but he's gutted because he missed taking Kathy to the big Christmas tree light switch on uh, I have never been to see this Christmas tree because it's never there when I go to... I seem to go to New York in October a lot and always miss the tree. Is this the one that's in the ice skating rink? Rockefeller? Yeah, by Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, no, it's nice. And I keep missing it. Like, I think last time I was there, I missed it by like seven days. And I was like, okay. God damn it, I really wanted to see it. But I'm sure like, I... like that whole area is the, the classic movie scene of people ice skating and it's beautiful and whatever. And it, it, you know, you go there and it actually feels like that. I was going to skate on that rink, but it's so small. and. It expensive and it was raining and no one else in the group wanted to do it so i was like fine but they really go skate on is it pier 17 so that was quite fun hmm. um it was quite fun my friend ended up skating in figure skates uh and then fell over and cracked his ribs um Ow. yeah um because and then i got on the ice and he's like where'd you get those hockey skates from i was like i just asked if they had them <laughs> he could have had normal skates but no but still but it was very nice but yeah i've never skated on that rink because so maybe i will one day uh, but Rachel isn't feeling too sorry for Chandler as uh, she's mostly jealous that he's that she's alone at Christmas and he isn't um, I mean as she says it's Christmas then it's going to be Valentine's Day then it's her birthday and bam they're lighting the tree again and she's alone yeah pretty much I mean I've, I've never really cared if I've been single at events um, no I think you know a lot of people put a lot of weight into like Valentine's Day especially but it's it's very easy to avoid you just don't go out <laughs> I mean Luckily, I've, most of my actual partner partners have hated Valentine's Day anyway, um, which is good because I've got to kind of skip out. And, and also, if you're not with them for Christmas and that, you don't have to buy anyone presents. Well, I enjoy Christmas because it's Christmas. Like, I'm not enjoy, I don't, when I enjoy it more or less if I'm in a relationship, it's just like I like getting presents. That's fun. But I just get presents either way. Uh, I think people get stressed, especially the first Christmas with a partner, because it's like, oh no, like, I, like my, my, my gift buying ability is going to be, be examined. Yeah, it either goes one of two ways. You either don't know them that well, so you pick at ideas of things they might like and probably get it wrong. Or you overspend and get them the big gift. And it, that'll be the only time like that will ever happen. But last Christmas, my partner panicked that I was going to go crazy and buy like a million and four presents. Um, I didn't. Does she know you? Well, I do, I do like to buy presents, <laughs> but she freaked out. But she smashed it. She, she nailed it. I obviously got me some hockey-related gifts and some D&D stuff. So it was a very, very successful christmas on both our hearts oh let's uh let's wait for the update in a year's time yeah see how, see how we get next year <laughs> yeah. just just a one-off loop. socks um yeah um yeah but i kind of get why rachel's upset though because you know she's she has been a while since she dated anyone properly um so i kind of get why she might feel a bit lonely um but she does say that she wants a man and she says it loud enough for gunford to hear who's in the background, uh, at which point he kind of stands behind her, like, chest forward and, like, proudly stood there. And I'm like, yes, go on, Gunfer, shoot your shot. Um, but then when she says what she really wants is a man. Um, and then Gunfer looks himself over and that confidence he had is immediately gone and he just slowly walks away. Yeah, I think uh, most men have had this situation where you, you hear something, you're like, yeah, that could be me. And then you're like, oh, that, no, that's not me. <laughs> I just wanted to give him a big hug. Yeah. 
I was like, you could be that man. You could be. He did, I mean, we don't know much about Gunther aside from his weird obsession with Rachel and he works at a He might shop. be the perfect boyfriend. Yeah, he could be. I mean, he would definitely dote on Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I imagine she'd probably get quite bored of that because it would be, you know, dull. Yeah. But still. Um, but Rachel, Mark, isn't even looking for a long-term relationship. Even a fling would do. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even have to be a big relationship, you know? Just like a fling would be great. Really? I didn't think girls ever just wanted a fling. Well, let me tell you something. It's been a long time since I've been flung. <laughs> well, I know what I'm giving you for Christmas. <laughs> you know what? There's some nice guys in my office. You want me to set you up? Yeah. Wait a minute. It's been a long time that I've been single. How come you've never offered this before? Well, I have a girlfriend. I'm, I'm happy. So I no longer feel the need to go out of my way to stop others from being happy. Okay. <laughs> no accountants. Oh, and no one from, like, legal. I don't like guys with boring jobs. Oh, and Ross was like, what, a lion tamer? I really like that line. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ross is exciting. I don't, this is, again, we're getting a bit Roger here. Um, I do find people's perception of their ex-partners quite interesting. Um, and the way that people... I guess either vilify or kind of almost like dead highs the, the people they've seen. Like I've got friends who describe their exes in ways that make them sound like the greatest, most attractive person in the universe. And I'm like, do you not remember when you guys broke up? Like, like this was not that person. Yeah, it can go the other way as well, where they're just totally horrible about them. And you're like, why were you with them in the first place then? Yeah, and it's just, it's just weird. But yeah, yeah, Ross's job is... I guess you'd call it boring. I mean, Rachel would certainly think it's boring. I think it's quite a respectable job. Respectable, but it's not exciting, is it? Like, I don't know. He wor- he works at the the museum. I think that's pretty cool. He's working with dinosaur stuff. I think that's cool. Like, he could have a really boring job. I think, you know, it's yes, it's intellectual and nerdy, perhaps, and the way Ross describes it. But if you told me, like, oh, Mark, I work at the museum with dinosaurs. Do you want to come by and, like, you know, see it all? Yeah, sure, sounds fun. Yeah, because we're dorks. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like. I mean, Chandler's job is boring. I mean, Rachel's job is boring. Yeah. For, she sits in an office and she's buying clothes through a spreadsheet. Or she's helping people get dressed in tiny fongs. That sounds less boring. That, well, <laughs> it sounds more disgusting the way she describes it. But, it's true. But, you know, Ra- Rachel's job is boring. Like, what do you do? Oh, I sit in an office looking at spreadsheets all day. What do you do, Ross? Oh, I'm, uh, you know, moving exhibits around. And I've got this, like, dinosaur that's arriving that's, you know, 65 million years old. I think Ross's job is cool. Oh, fair enough. You've changed my perspective. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm with you. Ross may not be a lone tamer, but his job isn't as boring as I was initially saying. Um, Monica now arrives and she's all down in the dumps because everyone at the restaurant where she's now head chef in case you missed last week she now has her dream job of being a head chef because she slagged off the restaurant in a review and then proved she could make better food and ended up with a job. So slight tangent so one job I was at so I used to do graphic design we had an email come in from someone they're like here's my CV Uh, I've been looking at like your graphic design and your websites and stuff and they're they're really not good and they basically just went in on like how terrible everything was and why they would be suitable for the role. And I was like, you can't put a moniker here. You can't tell, you know, someone at a business, like, their employees are terrible, hire me. Uh, I don't think it works like that. I mean, even if you 
get past it. Even if you assume that the the kind of boss of this business is going to be cutthroat enough to be like, yes, let's just fire my team and take on this person that's mm. got no proven track record of the company. It's also kind of insulting the leadership team in the sense of you're basically saying you hired rubbish people. Yes. So I'll be like, excuse me, don't don't question my hiring practices. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. That can go straight in the B one end folder. Um. But yeah, all the staff at Monica's new job. Hang, hang on, I need to call it B1N folder. Yep. Why are you calling it B1N? The bin. Yeah, I know, but, but why did you put a one in there? Oh, so we used to... I forgot that this is a, a universal thing. Uh, when I used to work at Game, I guess I can name a shame them that I don't work there, uh, people would apply for jobs, and if the team immediately decided that they weren't suitable for the role, um, we would tell each other to put their CV in the B1N folder, aka bin, um, which I found out years later is actually illegal. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to do that. But yeah, we would just remember like they'd come in and you know they would smell and were clearly only there to to kind of check the box at the job center that they they'd applied for right. a job. You know the type. Like I don't want to sound judgmental, but <laughs> they you know look high when they came in. Yeah. You know, like they were definitely more CEX than game. Yeah, they they had a, a stack of CVs when going to all the retail places. Yeah, and you'd ask them questions like, oh, what's your favorite game, and all the usual kind of things you would ask when you were you know someone asked about a job, and they were like, huh. You're like, you don't even, you know, even yeah. like, how are you going to work here? Like, no, you're not going to fit in. So we would say, I'll pop it in the B1N folder and then it would go in the bin. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we went down there. I that feel way. like I've explained that before. But no, yeah. you never have. Oh, right. one, 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 That's a fresh tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> right, where are we going now? You know, if you, so if you ever pass me something again, I don't mark to put it in the B1N <laughs> folder. You know where it's going. Um, but yeah, they, they wanted her job. Uh, still hates her. Um, but you know, they even wrote quit bitch on her chef's hat mark, which is really really aggressive it is like it's horribly aggressive um but phoebe suggests that perhaps they're meant to write quiet bitch uh, which i really like because it's, it's like no please don't talk you're our boss but shush. Uh, well yeah i kind of think like it could be both right it like, could be. Like, like quitting yeah i want you to quit or quiet like just shut up like yeah. just go away either way i just fire the whole team but uh let's see what's going on with our next clip I mean, they're trying to do everything they can to make me quit and if it were any other job, I would, but this is something I've been waiting for my whole life. Well, wait a minute, you're the boss. Why don't you just yell at them or fire them? Oh, I would love to, but I can't. I, mean, I just can't. You know I'm not good at confrontation. Hey, you know what you could do? I remember reading about this director, I think it was uh, Orson Welles, who at the beginning of a movie would hire somebody just so he could fire them in front of everybody. Then they would all know who was boss. <laughs> hey, come on, I'm not doing anything. Why don't you fire me? Good idea. Do you know how to waiter? Good enough to get fired. <laughs> All right. You're hired. Hey. Oh. That must be why I got fired last week. Does this Orson Welles guy direct Burger King commercials? <laughs> yes. So, is that product placement right there? It didn't feel like it to me. I think it. Might do because they could have mentioned any brand, but they mentioned Burger King, like very specifically. True, they could have just got like a fire from that burger place, and then maybe, maybe it meant it's a bit weird to to kind of very effective product placement, I guess, if it's just a throwaway line. Well, because you know, Matt LeBlanc has done uh, an advert for for Coke in the past. I've seen that advert. I feel like everyone watching has seen that advert. Probably some people more than once. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yep. watched it on loop. Um, yeah, it's. It's a good plan. I do like how Monica's like, do you know how to waiter? And Joey's response of, good enough to get fired. <laughs> yeah. It's probably one of the wittiest things Joey ever says. He's definitely spot on. 
Um, but we now join Chandler, and he's on the hunt for a man at work. Uh, he's got to find Rachel a date. And he ends up telling the guys that Rachel is okay with just a fling. Um, and then the two men try to put a Chandler up, hoping they get flung by Rachel uh, with all sorts of bribes. I hate the word flung because the way she's taking it, she's taking fling and, you know, making it into, I guess, a plural. I don't, I don't Past know. tense. Yeah. Um, the, the word flung gives me different connotations, though. Mm. And the way you've just said it just then. What, what, how do, what does it make you think? Uh, I, I will leave it up to your imagination, right? Because I can see your face. Well, I'm, not, I'm assuming it's going to be sorted in some way. Yes, it is. But... You know, uh, yeah. I, I really would you like to get flung by me, Mark? No, I would not like to be <laughs> flung by you. Well, yeah, I don't. You need to explain it so we we have context there. Otherwise, people are going to be like, "What does Mark mean?" No, I'm I'm sure people can leave it up to their imaginations. Or Urban Dictionary might be a, a good place to start. All right, and I'm going to look it up later, and then I might quickly edit it, this bit back in and be like, "Oh my god, Mark, that's disgraceful! <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you." Uh, one of the two chaps that's uh, trying to charm Chandler into giving him a fling. With Rachel, but uh, but not Chandler because he's not gay. Not Chandler, definitely, not gay. Def- definitely not gay. I am totally glossing over that part. Aren't I? <laughs> yes, the ghost like I didn't think you were gay. I do now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of a weird thing to be like, "Hi there, Ryan. Are you single right now?" Like, no, no man is going to ask another man that because he's got like a hot woman for them. Like, men do not get. You know, this happens in Frasier where you know he he's he's dating a woman and like she turns up and his father is like you know, interested in her. And Fraser's like, when do I ever bring you women? It's like, <laughs> men do not do that. We do not bring women to other men. I mean, I do. You do. That made it sound terrible. <laughs> like, I'm not drugging them or drugging them in a van. I just felt, I would, I've introduced people that you know, are now dating uh, or engaged or whatever level of relationship they're currently in. Um, the the, the cast-offs, the ones you didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, Mark. Uh, I guess it depends, you know. If if it was a girl I was into, though, it certainly wouldn't be like, Mark, meet this person I really like. I'd be like, no. Yeah, you would not be giving me a cafe, would you? No. You'd be no. like, nope, that's, that's, that's my girlfriend. You, you, stay, meet, you stay away, Mark. You wouldn't meet Kathy who'd been married for five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Ryan gone? Don't know. <laughs> He's up with his mythical Kathy. Um, but no, but one of the chaps uh, offers Chandler something absolutely disgusting in an attempt to get Rachel. And that is tickets to a Rangers game. Just, ugh. Oh, no. Oh, the worst, Ryan. It's true. I, I wouldn't pick my friends out for a Rangers ticket. Just disgraceful. No. Well, maybe some of you. If it's, <laughs> if it's Devil's Rangers, that might be a bit different. But no, that's ugh, gross. Got to get my uh, usual Ranger hate in there, Mark. Yes. It's, it's almost tradition. It almost needs its own jingle. How would that go? Rangers suck. Would have said to music, Rangers suck. Rangers suck. Everyone knows the Rangers sucks. And then that would be it. Well, I'll, I'll clip that out yeah, in the yeah. future. <laughs> Get back on five or something yeah. can make it for us. One of our fans can. No, I think I think just that was was good enough. That's all we need. All right, <laughs> we're doing our own now. Can that mean I could uh, add add like musical accompaniment to my CV? Yeah. All right, sorted. Um, we're at the girls' apartment. Uh, someone who's much more qualified to make music than I, uh, Phoebe, is working on a Christmas hit. Okay. <clears throat> Happy Hanukkah, Monica. May your Christmas be snowy, Joey. Happy New Year, Chandler and Ross. Spin the dreidel, Rachel. Oh, that's great. Oh, yay. But you know, uh, Rachel doesn't rhyme with dreidel. 
I know, but it's so hard. Nothing rhymes with your stupid name. Oh, what are you talking about? Lots of things rhyme with Rachel. Bagel, mail, jail, bail, cable, maypole. Yeah, all good, thanks. Do you maybe have, like, a nickname that's easier to run? Didn't your dad used to call you Pumpkin? Oh, yeah. Pumpkin, yeah. But did he ever call you, like, Budolf? <laughs> Budolf. Budolf. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying there. Yeah. I like this song. I don't think Rachel has to rhyme with Radel. No. That's actually uh, works. You know, there's a lot of songs out there where they, they do rhyme most of it, and then there'll be a word where it just doesn't. And it always catches your action. Like, oh, that sticks out. But it's... You can't just make everything rhyme because then it just sounds weird. No, yeah, like when mumble rappers will weirdly stretch out a word and just yeah. like, what? what? What was that? It didn't make any sense. Um, but you know, I mean, this is one of Phoebe's better songs. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's not. I mean, Smelly Cat's the classic, obviously. But I mean, it's nice that she has you know some seasonal songs as well. I think every album needs to have a, a Christmas song in there, which you listen to once and go, not listen to that again till it's Christmas. That's fair. Um, but the Chandler now arrives and he's got news for Rachel like 50 guys want to go on a date with her uh, and they keep giving Chandler things like Nick's tickets uh, he mentions that guys are signing their 401ks over to him do you know what 401ks Mark? some kind of pension thing yeah it's an employer contributed yeah. pension but I'm like does people know what that is? I'm like well I don't know what it is because I've heard it so many times in TV I googled yeah. it and I was like okay it's just a pension but yeah I, I it's weird that Chandler is pimping her out now I guess like I mean, if I was Rachel, but like 50 guys, I'd be like, like, how desperate do you think I am? Like, yeah. that's a, I mean, Rachel's a very good looking woman. So imagine if he's walking around showing people pictures of Rachel, he, she's not going to get many no's. Yeah, but it is a bit weird that they're offering like quite expensive items to Chandler to, for the potential of having a date with her. Very seedy, isn't it? Yeah. It's got a seedy undertone. Um, well, I thought, I mean, setting people up uh, is a weird thing. Um, I guess I've especially in your life. Yeah, I've introduced people. I wouldn't ever say I've set people up. Like I've never no, been you, like you never had a blind. Well, you know, a blind date is always awkward and weird for most people. I think. Has it ever been for you? Like you know, they they're both single and would like each other. I will put them in a situation where they're together, or is it just like no, they're just going to hang out and not even thinking about them potentially getting together. And maybe engineer a situation where they both happen to be there at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, see what happens organically. But it wouldn't be like, you need to be here at this time in this place to meet this person at this time in this place to make sure you get connection. Like, that just seems yeah. weird and awkward. Or, or even if it, it can be more awkward if one of them is aware, like, you're like, right, I know you're single, so I'm going to bring my friend over. She's single as well. And it's like, well, that's unfair because, like, they're going to, one's going to have expectations and one has no idea. Uh, that happened to me once. I was the no idea person. Okay. Um, I got dragged along to an event. Um, Why is this person being so flirty and touching me so much? Well, I got there and it was like very, it was like my friend and his partner and their mate and his partner. And then there was me and this, this other woman. And I was like, ah, uh, I see what this is. Because at one point my friend like looked at us and like, his eyebrows are basically bouncing. <laughs> He's like, I'll leave you to get to know each other. And I was like, oh, God, I'm on a play date. Like, but what is this? Like, it's ridiculous. How, how old are we? This is creepy. And I tried to make conversation because, you know, it's me. I'm talkative. Um, and this person had zero interest in being there. They've clearly been dragged along by like her mate. Um, and it was the most awkward evening. I think I spent about 20 minutes trying to make conversation and was just like, oh, forget it. Ouch, that, that sounds even worse for you then because like, you know, the, the fact that they just were not interested in you even though you had no idea that you was being set up. 
I don't know if they did or not. Oh, okay. I just know that they had clearly no interest in being there, clearly no interest in talking to me, and I was like, never ever do this again. I was like, guys. That, that is the worst. When you are in a situation like that and they have no interest in responding to you, it's like, look, just be a normal person and just help us get through this. I mean, I feel bad for her to this day, I guess, because you look to our left and there's like one couple making out. You look to our right and there's another, another couple making out and then we're just sat in the middle like, we can't do that. We don't even know each other. You know what I mean? Like it, was, it was horrible. And I would advise that no one ever ambushes their friends on a kind of blind date setup situation. Because no. it's just awful. It doesn't go like TV shows do. No, I mean, even if they're, even if you're into each other, I don't feel like it's going to end up... That evening is going to be fun. Like, you might chat a bit and be like, okay, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll hang out again. Like, it may yeah. be the start of something initially, but it's not going to be a fun evening because it's so awkward. Because you're not a Rachel. You're not... You know, don't tell the guy you want to be flung. No. Especially when I put it out on the first date. I mean, 50 guys aren't trying to date me, so no. <laughs> definitely not. Um, just, just, just one. It's one, just one. <laughs> um, but yeah, when uh, Chandler mentions the 401ks, Phoebe is amazed that Chandler works with robots. And uh, for the second time in the episode, he just agrees... Because it's easier. I like this joke. Like, you know, it made sense. Like, oh, the robots, yeah, 401k, like, harpens back to, you know, memory in computers. It, it does. And, yeah, I like that. It's fun. Uh, and it's very Phoebes. Um, it's just got funny. There's a chap we'll get to in a minute that uh, seems like he's the right guy for Rachel. And he works in the food department, uh, the fine food department. And Jerry's all, you make food and robots? <laughs> and Phoebe's like, no, the robots make the food. And it's just like, these two are idiots. <laughs> Well, we need yeah, the, more. The, the robots work for them. Yeah. Like, but but yeah, Rachel's like, why do you have a fine foods department? It's like it's a big organization. Like, yeah, there are some companies that, you know, there's there's a chart I've seen going around the internet where it's like, uh, it's almost like a pie chart, and it have like nine companies around the outside edge, and it's like these companies make all of this, and you're like, oh wow, I didn't realize like Nestle made like you know, washing powder and you know other things. Yeah. So these like, giant. All these big brands, companies, yeah. yeah. It's actually quite scary when you think about how yes. much your stuff comes from such small places. It's like, oh, I'm not, I haven't really got any buying power at all as a consumer because it's everything owned by the same four corporations. Yeah, you know, I, I, I bought Petridge Farm because he remembers. <laughs> and, you know, I thought I was supporting a local farmer. And it's like, no, it's actually like big conglomerate. So. Yeah. I used to work at a comic book store, uh, as I've mentioned before. And the local perception of that comic book store is that it's an independent store. Yes. To the point where we would even we would even get included in like independent Birmingham and like the, they would highlight the company as just like beacon of independent trading, part of a giant 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 company. Yeah. Um, so it would always be really awkward because go oh, I like shopping independent and I'm me would just go we're not we're owned by FPI. It's the same as like pubs, isn't it? You're like, ah, oh, the Dog and Bone. I love my local pub. And then it's like, actually, they're part of you know. It's like download the Green King app, and I'm like, great. Yeah, there's, just... there's eight hundred of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's too, I guess it's too difficult for independent companies to, to stick is. around because giant corporations can bleed them dry. It is. Boo globalization. So, same, same for independent podcasts that don't have celebrity hosts. We don't. We could become celebrities. I wish we was. I don't know if I'd want to be famous. Really? I've always said that I don't want fame. I'd like renown. So, like, if I was to produce something that became, you know, popular, I wouldn't want to be recognized in the street. But if someone was to like, oh yeah, Ryan Perrow, and they'd be like, his podcast, great. No, like, I could, I could imagine you wanting a statue, bronze statue, somewhere in the middle of France. Bronze, <laughs> yeah, shiny, marble, 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 marble statue. Yeah, do a statue, just do. do uh, I mean, that'd be a very small leaf that we'd need, but it would. I mean, marble's expensive, probably for the <laughs> yeah, best. Yeah. <laughs> 
Why would it be in France? We found out I'm not French. It would have to be in Because I could Wales. imagine you want... No, you'd want it somewhere like kind of fancy where they're like, oh, who's this? The 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 Rian Perrault. Oh, wow. He must be like some famous person who did something amazing. And then you turn out like, oh, it's just some bloke who owned a bit of land here like years ago. No, no, no fame for me. Just renown. I don't think I'd like being famous. Okay. It'd just be people trying to talk to me all the time. <laughs> Which I don't mind. It's, it's this weird dichotomy where, like, I'm chatty and gregarious quite a lot, but at the same time, the I think you'll be the only people, and maybe this happens to a small degree of people. Do you think our fans feel like they know us? I was going to say this is why you enjoy having a podcast because you get to talk at people, and they have no chance to respond. Really, I mean, they they can get into a channel socials. <laughs> yeah, but but, but yeah. yeah, like I I see this with a lot of content creators where, you know, they are very chatty on, you know, YouTube or whatever. And you're like, oh, they have such great personality. And in real life, that's not them because they are acting apart. And at the same time, you know, the fans are like, you know, I really like you. You know, I want you to come to my wedding. You know, we should be friends. We should hang out. Like, we, we have so many things in common. They're like, I don't know who you are because you, you watch me every day yeah. and listen to me all the time. Like, you know, everyone knows so much about you, Ryan, right now. So we know, we know multiple places you worked at, where you live, that you don't lock your door, uh, what your heritage is. Yeah. <laughs> We know so much about you, and yet there'll be listeners out there who, who probably really relate to you and like, I really like Ryan. Like, we could be friends. We could definitely hang out. And you'd be like, I have no idea who you are. I probably won't like you. I'm sure I'd like them. Sure we could hang out. Just they just need to get in touch. The best way to do that is on Patreon. Because <laughs> I'm shilling hard today, Mark. I want <laughs> that marble statue. <laughs> if, if you want to be friends with Ryan, you've got to pay, is what you're saying. Yep. And, and, and as you've already heard, that 74p of change on the bus is not good enough no the flattery got a further than the money <laughs> and that, all i did then was move my bag out the way uh, but still but back to the episode mark so many tangents today um there is one guy out of the 50 at chandler's office uh, that seems nice it's a chap called patrick uh he's nice he's funny and a swimmer rachel says she likes swimmers bodies um and apparently his dad invented the magnetic strips on the back of credit cards and rachel also loves credit cards seems like chandler is good at this fixing up thing after all mark Sounds like it. I yeah. mean, you know, like father, like son. I mean, people do talk about swimmers' bodies quite a lot. I mean, most people that I see at the swimming pool um, are just like me, you know, a bit chubby. Yeah, but obviously proper swimmers, not paddlers. <laughs> 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 it's like you've got paddling and you've got swimming. Because, like, you know, they tend to be quite toned and in yes, shape. Yes. And I guess, I mean, I'm rubbish at swimming. Smooth. Which explains my flabby body. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you could never be an Olympic swimmer with all that hair going on. No, the, the, the drag yeah, <laughs> caused by that. I would have to wax myself, I guess. Oh, gross. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, was just, I was just looking at your face, <laughs> let alone anything else. Yeah, I am hairy. That's fair. Um, Monica now needs to leave for work, um, and she and Joey have a little practice argument uh, before she leaves. Um, yeah, you know, you know, you got a problem with that? Yeah, which is what, and then they kiss, and there's like, ah, oh, I love you, and then yeah, walk yeah. off, which is really <laughs> sweet. Um, but now it's time for us to walk off, Mark, and have an advert break. So, Ryan, uh, the advert's been playing. Um, have you been enjoying them? I have. Uh, they're going to get better because now it's time for an advert of our very own. Yeah. We're going to tell you about our Patreon if you haven't heard about it. Um, I'm sure you have done. It's at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. And it's basically a way to help us support making this show. Yes, it does obviously cost things, and if you can help us share that cost, it means we can bring you more content and continue this journey that we're on. So yeah, you can support us for a pound a month, a dollar a month, for euro a month, whatever your currency is, and that will 
gain you access into the Patreon, or there is the £5 and up tier, which gets you extra bonus content, so extra episodes every month, uh, featuring us talking about the likes of Joey, and, you know, just random uh, friend stuff. So we did a episode recently where Ryan did a very difficult friends quiz, so you can join in with that as well. It was very difficult. Um, and yeah, it allows us to bring you more content like this, so come join us. Please do. Welcome back. It's the next day, and we're with Ross. And oh, yeah, Ross. I kind of forgot he existed in this episode so far. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he's here. Well done, Ross. Um, Ross, Phoebes, and Chandler are at Central Park, uh, but Ross needs to get going as he's got a date mark. It's unusual. I mean, Ross, as we've mentioned before, seems to have a lot of dates, surprisingly. He does. As he? does all the Friends cast, which, you know, I think does, does play on people's minds. So you're like, well, it's easy to get dates. All the TV shows, everyone's dating every week. Frasier, like, Frasier gets all the dates. He does get a lot. And, and Frasier's not that attractive a guy. And the worst thing about it is everyone goes, oh, I listen to your radio show. It's like, no, you don't. No one listens to, you know, the, the shrink radio show that's on at 3 p.m. in the daytime. Like, it's not that popular a show. Yeah, like, it is. Did, did, I, mean, I guess we're not really old enough to comment on this, but do you think daytime radio has the same stigma that daytime television has nowadays? Like, if you're able to listen or watch it, you haven't got a job. Well, no, because you, you listen to LBC, which is a talk radio show in the, the UK. And there's always people phoning up and listening to that. And they'll be like, oh, I'm at work. I'm listening to you at work or whatever, right? Um, but no, I, I, I don't think it does. But, you know, the popular shows are generally the drive time shows. It's like 7 a.m. or 6 p.m. when people are in their cars. Because most people don't listen to the radio at home. No, true. And your phone doesn't really get radio. Like, um, yeah, sure, you've got internet radio. But I feel like most people listen to radio in their car. Mm, historically, maybe. I don't feel like I remember the last time I was in a car that had the actual radio one. Uh, maybe Ubers are probably the only time I actually hear commercial radio <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Um, everyone's just streaming their own content. But yeah, but but to get back to it, though, like the, the friends lot do seem to date very quickly and easily considering they're not using any apps or anything. And, you know, they're having to put themselves out there and chat to people very, well, creepily. In Ross's case. Yeah, trapping them on trains. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'd get more dates if we just trap people in public transport. Yeah, just push them into a corner. Hi there, <laughs> do you, you have to date me to leave. <laughs> Terrible advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's easier to get dates if you're television pretty, though. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, it helps serve the plot. Like, you know, Joey might you know, go on a, like five dates in a week, but he needs to because the plot says so. Like, even if you're Joey good looking, you're probably not getting five dates in real life. No. No, that's a very busy schedule. No, you... Because we never ever see them really get turned down. I feel like Joey, as attractive as he is, would also be intimidating as well. Like people would be like, no, he's, he's too pretty for me. I, you know, I can't date him. Never, never see people turning you know, the friends lot down that often. No, I mean, like New York is a city of millions of people. Statistically, there's going to be people that don't find Joey attractive. Yes. Um, so, yeah, but you know, TV, you know, I guess we always discuss people having plot armor in a, you know, like action and fantasy shows were like, oh, why didn't they die? Plot armor. I guess these guys have got plot dates. Yeah, plot yeah, dates. Plot dates. Um, but Ross's date is not with Poughkeepsie Lady. It's with someone else, another woman who lives uptown. And yes, Billy Joel did enter my head at this point and pretty much stayed there for the rest of yesterday when I made his notes. Um, so you're making the rest of the listeners also suffer. It's a good song, to be fair. <laughs> Although annoyingly, my brain hears Billy Joel and remembers the Westlife video. Like I just kind of combined <laughs> the two in my kind of nightmarish scenario in my head. We didn't need the Westlife version ever. We didn't need Westlife, to be honest. 
I think we should move on with that. <laughs> um, but Uptown Girl, she isn't as good. You can't say the, that those two words together and not hear the song in your head. <laughs> Defy anyone. Um, Uptown Girl isn't as good as Poughkeepsie. Um, and she's smart and funny, or she might be stupid and a bit racist. It depends. But, but because of something she said, yeah. Yeah, she tells a joke, and if, if <laughs> it was a joke, she's smart and funny. If she was serious, she's stupid and racist. Have you ever dated someone just because of the convenience no, it's like the least me thing ever. Like you've been like, ah, oh, like I don't really get on with them, but it's easier to date them than this other person who's a bit further away or whatever. No, I mean, if anything, I'm stubborn, so I'm more likely to date the inconvenient. I mean, I'm currently in a long distance relationship. I'm probably more likely to pick yeah, the inconvenient yeah. option than the convenient one. I, I guess you have very high standards that you keep to. Then, not high standards. I just I don't like I guess wasting time. So if I'm not into that person, it wouldn't matter how convenient they were. I'm not going to keep dating them. Like, it depends. Like, if we're just, you know, uh, how to phrase this on the podcast, if we're just f- amorous friends, um, that's different, you know what I mean? But yeah. actively dating someone, it's a lot of effort to date someone, like, and especially have a relationship when that person's got to become a whole part of your life and it's, you know, it's a whole extra person you need to consider in a completely different way. So if it's not, if that person's not immediately like, oh my God, I'm into this person, what's the point? Yeah, that's fair. Just why are you wasting yourself on someone that you're not invested in? And why are you wasting their time more to the point? Like, I would hate to be dating someone that I think is really going well with and then just turn around like yeah whatever it's not working because they never really cared to begin with so at this point Ross really should be keeping keeping it with Poughkeepsie girl yeah and I mean if if Poughkeepsie's not realistic then you know whatever but you shouldn't be dating someone because they're more convenient that's just insulting <laughs> boohoo bad on Ross um yeah but Joey now enters and Phoebes asks him uh, how his first day at work went at the restaurant and he looks down at his watch and says damn uh, and then runs off because obviously he's forgotten he has work. So, you know, it should be really easy for Monica to fire him later on. Yep. I do love that. It's such a Joey thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like... he's always late for his auditions. Yeah, he is. And he's late for the job that he doesn't want, but still. Um, but at the restaurant, Joey says hi to Monica um, and he notices that her fancy chef jacket is burnt. I don't know what I would have called this item of clothing. My brain didn't think it was a jacket. I don't know what I thought it was. But it had never occurred to me the the chef outfit. Is it a jacket? Is it a shirt? Yeah, it's a, is it a blazer? Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's a jacket, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess you I guess you might be thinking apron, perhaps. But even though it's not apron style, it just occurred when you know they mentioned the jacket in the show. I was like, oh yeah, the item of clothing would have a name and would be classed as something, <laughs> and it had never occurred to me what it was. But I do wonder how they baked it though, because it looks like a, an iron mark. Yeah. I mean, you know those little blow torches that chefs make? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Creme brulee. That's the one. Creme brulee. I assume they'd got one like a little blow torch on it. It doesn't mm. look like it was put in an oven. It looks like it just, like you said, was specifically set in fire in one place. Mm. Maybe that's the proper costuming department's fault. And maybe we're not buying their uh, their technique. <laughs> no. Um, but it turns out the staff baked it. Um, she can't take this anymore. She's going to call a meeting and fire Joey tonight. I mean, you know, in their awesome world's like analogy. It doesn't really work because Joey has only just started. He's only been there an hour. Yeah. Like he needs to have been there for a little bit first, like a week or two. And then you can fire them to show like anyone can be fired. Not just the bloke who's just started, who's clearly terrible. Yeah, because you'd be like, oh, that's a shame. That person got fired. But yeah. you've got no connection to them being there at that point, like you said. So, oh, Nugo got fired. And like, yeah, just it doesn't work. So you are right. Uh, but Joey suddenly reaches over and pats Monica where her jacket's, jacket is burned. Conveniently... It's right over her boob. Um, after a few good dozen pats, Monica tells Joey she thinks he's got it. 
I mean, you know, this has happened a few times when her boob was on fire before. Yep. Um, with her previous chef's job. Um, they just get in the way, don't they? Yeah, really? they do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's great being a man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so. This is so weird because he's just touching her boob at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. And everyone, the whole scene's just played off like, "Yep, you can do that." I guess if you're familiar with your friend and just touch. I don't know how many of my female friends would suddenly be fine with me patting their boob. I don't think many of them would. No. I mean, you know, accidental touching because you've in a train closely together i think people understand yeah that happens i don't know how you're accidentally touching a boob but fair. but yeah uh but yeah do, touching a, i mean joey has been naked in front of monica true so um yeah no i don't i don't think any of my friends would be kind of okay with that i mean if they're actually on fire fair enough but at, at the same time you know if if you know we've we've had friends who have had like uh like boob jobs and stuff like that and sometimes they'll be like oh you know do you want to touch and feel it's like I feel I would feel awkward. Well, I mean, the key thing there is, you know, it's an offer and it's consent. It's it is, but I was... But I was new, uh, Hong Kong. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but I would still feel awkward in that situation as well. Yeah, I probably would. That's why I'd be like, I don't know, like, just... I suppose one of the things where your friend at that point would be, it would be such a non-sexual situation that she'd be like, ah, these put in, look, they're yes. new. And like, there's zero sexual chemistry there, clearly, because she's offering you to touch her breasts. <laughs> yeah. um, but then as a man, you're like, boobs, <laughs> boobs, boobs, boobs. And you just, even if you were the, like, the best friends in the world, you would still think I'm touching a boob. That's somehow sexual. <laughs> yes. um, but still, even though that's not what they're designed for. Um, but still, it just, just seemed really weird to me. Um, uh, now we got our next clip of the show. Chandler, you have the best taste in men. Well, like father, like son. Patrick and I had such a great time last night. I mean, I think this could maybe turn into something serious. Really? I, I thought you weren't even looking for something serious. I thought you were looking for some kind of a uh, fling. Well, you know, possibly. You didn't tell him that, though, right? Oh, no. You told this guy that I was looking for a fling? You don't tell the guy that! Why not? I'd be thrilled if I heard that some hot girl was just looking to get... Oh, I see. Between you telling him I wanted to have a fling and me putting out on the first date, oh, he's so gonna get the wrong idea. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think putting out on the first date, like, you know, if you want to do that, great. Uh, but yeah, I think people are definitely going to get an idea about you i find this troubling um and i'm gonna get i guess in my soapbox here where no one cares if joey puts out on the first date and no, no one cares if men men don't put out on the first date because even the phrasing is like well uh, men are like as if it's a choice yeah it's always like men are sexually aggressive I mean, so actually, actually at the same time men do have a choice they do but that's what I mean, like, just even the language is like putting out on the first day. Yeah. It's like the man is there for the sex and the woman put out. So like, it's like the woman's the pursued object. And it's like, A, that completely removes any agency from the women in the situation, which is, you know, problematic in, in our modern times. Um, and so what if Rachel puts out on the first day? So what if she meets a guy and they get on and she decides, you know what, we should sleep together? Because no one judges Joey or the men right. for doing that. So why are we judging poor Rachel? No, the, the only time I would ever judge someone is when they tell you explicitly oh, I never do this, and then they go ahead and do it. And it doesn't have to be sex, it could be anything. I mean, I'm normally oblivious right up until the moment it's happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why am I naked and covered in oil? <laughs> there are stories I could tell you that are really not suitable for the podcast. That, that, that's but, for the Patreon, yeah. isn't it? That's what, we, that's what we save it for. 
but but no, you're right. Like if she if she wants to do that, you know who cares? Yeah, like like doesn't doesn't make her easy, doesn't make her anything. Like that's her choice. Um, I think we do put way too much weight on stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 almost it's almost like if I'm doing it, it's fine. But if you're doing it, no, that's wrong. Well, like I'll be scrolling Instagram and there's there's a a podcast but it's like most modern podcasts unlike us but they they do a podcast but they film it and then put it on youtube at the same time why don't we do that it's because is it because we're ugly no it's because we haven't too lazy to put the f in like imagine <laughs> having to, Mark, let's set up the lights and make sure we put our makeup on and, oh yeah uh, we don't yeah we don't we don't have a proper setup with like some blue and purple lights on a nice background and you know that that, that classic youtube set look yeah which actually I've, I've i've seen some um slight tangent some um some other pictures from those sets and i'm like oh that room is actually really small like i thought like you had like this beautiful room and it's actually no you've just made this corner yep. <laughs> look beautiful and perfect um the, the, speaking of, there's a youtuber called brett cooper who is a somewhat conservative opinion person like she doesn't really she used to be an actress but she doesn't really do much she basically just react like most youtube content it's her commenting on i did hear stuff. that most youtube videos are react videos because you are you're reacting to whatever's going on in the world yeah, and she got some beef with a, a Twitch streamer called Hassan something. His uncle owns Young Turks, and he acts like he's just like, oh, look, I made it myself, but really his uncle gave him a giant check. But anyway, um, she gets hate because her background is a set in a studio, but it's designed to look like it's just her chilling at home. And they're like, oh, that's not authentic. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Like, it's just it's just presentation. Yeah, um, cause, well, yeah, because I have thought, like, why don't we put our podcast up on YouTube and stuff like that? And you're right, it's, it's a bit of effort. Yeah, but this this whatever podcast um, is obsessed with women's body count. Um, and initially I thought that meant serial killers. And I was like, ooh, serial killers. <laughs> uh, no, they mean the amount of sexual partners they've had. The, amount of, like, the amount of people you kill is fine to know. <laughs> you know, everyone likes a good serial killer documentary. So that's what I thought it was about. I mean, there's so many murder podcasts out there. <laughs> Hang on, what's, it, what's the podcast called? Women's Body Count. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, female serial murderers. That's that's unusual. I'm really into that. Yeah, there aren't many female serial killers. Some of them are they're just into poison people, which is really boring, but... I guess statistically, women tend to be less strong than men, so it's easier to kill a man with poison than to try on a brute force. But if you want to be misogynistic, you could be like, they're always in the kitchen <laughs> making food <laughs> for the men. <laughs> That's just getting cancelled. <laughs> yes. um, but I just find it really weird that it's, it's this weird, it's essentially this weird obsession I've noticed where like people dating talk about like high value men and high value women and, and how they're different and how men supposedly value kind of. I guess purity and being chased and blah 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 and then women like you know proximity to power and money essentially and i'm sad they're listening to it and i'm like this is so cynical and gross like young and obviously these people are probably in their like early 20s most of the time and i'm like i'm so happy i'm old <laughs> like dating people it's just gross it's, well, who cares like who cares about the body count and then who cares about just well as, the, as we discussed with like joey you know just because he's slept with a lot of women doesn't mean he's good and like monica says that to chandler right yeah and that's the way I would look at it. It's like, well, you know, they're set with a lot of people. Are they Were they good at it or not? Like, that's that's more important than the amount of people. Well, I mean, yeah, look, does, does it fundamentally matter what someone did in their past? Yeah. Like, as long as, you know, they're all good and there's no uh, medical issues to worry about, who cares? Because fundamentally, all it is, it's just patriarchal nonsense, I guess, in your head being like, that lady is slapped with people. Oh, no. Like, and... Yeah, if if you ever got the chance to sleep with that many people, I'm sure you'd take every single one of them, wouldn't you? 
Potentially. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, but we don't apply that standard to men. Right. So there's some definitely some troubling things here. And obviously, this is the 90s, um, which is. Well, I kind of think that's what they're pointing out here. You know, Rachel, you know, and same with all the friends lot. Like, they show that they're, they're sexually empowered, don't they? They never, they never go, oh, you know, she's a slut or anything like that. They're like, yeah, this is what women do. And it's like, that's fine. Well, as Rachel said, like, he's so going to get the wrong idea. And it's kind of like, I guess to a degree, it's almost like internalized where. As you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but women tend to judge women more harshly than anyone else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just weird. Um, and I guess as we do watch a show that is was made in the nineties, sometimes stuff does come up, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't like this. It- well, at the same time, like Rachel's right. Like you, you don't want people to get the wrong impression because you know, for her, she's like, you know what, I want to get to to know a guy with like zero expectations as soon as there's like an expectation for whatever it is it could be that you're super wealthy and you're actually really generous and like oh well if i go out of ryan he's gonna buy me loads of things like no like you might want to get to know someone first before you do that thing yeah i suppose the real issue is when she says get the wrong idea it's more about how men traditionally or stereotypically value certain types of women so if a woman's promiscuous she's less valuable therefore you treat yeah. her differently so you're not going to call rachel a second time once you've got what you want and you only see rachel as that sexual object yeah. whereas actually rachel is funny and adorable cares about her friends she's an actual sweetheart so there's way more to rachel than just how promiscuous she might be and i guess that's i guess many of the issue in that one but. well and at the same time you know she she's been a little bit underhanded because she's like look you're not meant to tell the guy that you know i just wanted a, a casual relationship because she is using them as well. Like these guys could be like, no, I want to date you and you know see where this goes. And yeah. Rachel's like, no, this is not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to use you for a week and that's it. And you know, in in some ways that that's good for Rachel. She can certainly do that, but also can be bad as well. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had women in the past tell me that we're clearly looking for different things. Um, and I'm like, no, no, you just don't want to date me anymore. Like, you, you had your fun. Or at least I hope you had your fun. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but like, we're clearly looking, I'm like, what do you mean? We're looking, like, at no point, I've had women tell me that clearly I'm not looking for something serious when they are, even though we've only been dating a couple of weeks. And and that could be them projecting. And that's, I think it's okay if you're both on the same page. If you're both like, look, we both don't want anything serious. Cool. And maybe that's something you should discuss at the start. Like, hey, what are you looking for? And it's really difficult because you don't want to be like, I'm looking for a hardcore relationship where we get married and have kids in a year. And you don't want to be like, well, actually, you know, I'm happy just to date you and see because you're not non-committal. Yeah. So it is difficult to, to say what you want. But at the same time, you should be like, look, I'm happy to see I am looking for a relationship or long term. I'm not going to leave the country in the next six weeks or anything. No. Well, we'd been dating for a few weeks. Uh, as Rachel phrased it, she did put out on the first date. Um, and then told me that we were clearly looking for different things. Uh, she wanted a relationship, and I didn't want anything serious. And I was just like, "We haven't had that conversation. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking about?" And then it didn't go anywhere. But I was like, you, "I assumed it was just her way of saying I don't want this to go anywhere." But she was didn't want to say, "Oh, I just wanted one day, and that was it. Like, I got what I wanted. The end." <laughs> or you were just so terrible in bed. It could have been. Who knows? <laughs> but it was. Yeah, it was just. I find it weird because I'm like, why are you, why are you telling me something? We've not had the conversation. Like it's, but I guess it was so like, I don't want to say I just wanted a one night stand because yeah. I'll get judged. Whereas it's saying that we're up to different things. Like, but we haven't had the conversations. What you're talking about? Like, yeah, this is the problem with you, isn't it? Is that you're quite an analytical mind and want to d- discuss things. So, so bringing up against you is like, you're opening yourself up for a debate. Well, it had been two weeks. Like, yeah. if it had been like six months and I'd only ever text her when I fancied a bit, like, fair enough. Like, she would <laughs> yeah, have a yeah. point. But it had been like two weeks and we'd hung out once. So I was like, well, yeah. 
okay, like we haven't had a conversation about where this is going. And now, and there was also like, she'd been like, oh, well, I want this. And I'm like, well, what? So is it a power play? Am I now supposed to go, yes, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend and make the babies after two weeks? <laughs> I'm like, well, no, I barely know you. Like, it's just weird. I found that dating's odd. Yes. This is such a deep conversation it is. for we've, a friend's podcast. We've gone off on a deep <laughs> tangent. Um, but yeah, my point being, it's part of this in the way kind of women are perceived by men slash society is problematic. And it's... See, I don't, I don't necessarily think it is problematic. I think it's showing that women are the same as men or can be the same as men. Well, men don't have to worry about it. That was my point. Like, men don't have to worry yeah. about putting out on the first date because no one cares. Whereas people I guess do care true, yeah. if women put out on the first date, even though we shouldn't. And I guess it's an issue because obviously we like Rachel as a character, as a person. We like her and it's up, not upsetting because you know, it's not that deep. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a shame that Rachel's having negative reactions to just doing what men do and no one has an issue yeah, with it. that's fair. But back at the restaurant, uh, Joe is trying out a cool nickname. What's his cool nickname, Mark? Dragon. I mean, it is a cool nickname. I have mentioned this in the past. I think, yeah, I think if you're not even nicknamed, just a name, just what's your name? Dragon. Yeah, I don't think it suits Joey. I don't think he's a dragon type. No. There's something a bit soft about him. He's, he's, dragon, I think, you know, you need to have that kind of, that angry looking face. Someone where you're like, oh, clearly they look like they're, they're in the mafia or something. I don't know. What nickname does my face make you think? <laughs> Pop and Fresh. <laughs> What's Pop and Fresh? You know, you know the little, little dough thing um, from the pastry? Looks like the Michelin Man or... Um... Oh, the cheerful looking fat thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah you're, 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 you're too cute and smiley and round to be anything, you know. You, you, you couldn't be anything that, that sounds tough, I guess. I disagree. I think that's what I'm like as a person. I don't think I look like that. <laughs> I think I look like a Disney villain. I've got like a big nose and a heavy brow. I don't no, look approachable. no. I mean, maybe homeless, <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't think you look. You don't look intimidating. Is the words I was I was trying to find. Yeah. So so I don't think calling you dragon now doesn't no. fit you, or or even a Disney villain. No. I don't know what I'd call you. Maybe, maybe um, what's the dragon from Mulan called? Mushu. Mushu. Yeah, you could be a Mu- yeah, you could be Mushu. I take Mushu. Yeah, Dishonor could, on yeah, you. Yeah. Dishonor on your cow. <laughs> <Yeah>. It works. <laughs> I don't know. I actually think you'd have like a tech-related nickname. Don't know what. Like 401k. Yeah. Or like, what's that average brand of PC tech called? Razor. Razor. People like Razor. The Republic of Gamers. (laughs) But yeah, it definitely wouldn't be like Razor. Razor, okay. Razor sounds incredible. If you were getting a nickname in my head, you would call yourself something like that. Okay. I don't know what I'd call myself. No. No. We'll go Mushu. We'll go Mushu. I'm right, fine. Mushu and Razor. That's <laughs> what <laughs> introduce us up next episode. You're listening to Watching Friends. I'm Razor. <laughs> we, we sound like we're from like the nine, early 90s, like a hacker group. It sounds like the early script for Rush Hour. Like Mushu and Razor. It's just ridiculous. No, it's a, it, it does sound like hackers. It does. It doesn't sound good, we, does it? I've got a, got a 14.4 BPS modem with 16 megs of RAM in there. Play video games. <laughs> yeah. Razor. <laughs> Anyway, um, nicknames aside, um, Joey's workmate uh, comes over and gives him two days worth of tips. Um, There's a lot of cash there, Mark. Well, yeah, this is the thing about tips. Now, we're we're not American, uh, so tipping culture is not really a thing here. But you go to the States, you don't know what to do, so you just throw money at them and hope that's enough. 
or you don't throw money at them and go, I'm never coming back here again. And I'm British. They should know. Um, but yeah, like uh, people go, oh, you know, tip the, the restaurant workers. They you know don't earn a lot. Some restaurant workers can earn a fortune. And I've seen people online saying like, oh, I quit my job at a restaurant to like get a proper job in IT or computing or whatever. And I earn far less than I did at the restaurant. Now, it obviously depends where you are. If you're in Times Square, New York, I think you are earning pretty well, potentially, depending on how the um, tourists do there. I don't know. But if you're in the you know, Midwest somewhere, random you know, diner, yeah, you're probably not, not doing super great. No. Um, but yeah, I know people who have, who have done like wait, waitressing or waitering jobs, and they go, yeah, I make hundreds of dollars a night in tips. And like, yeah, I don't get paid a proper wage, but I'm actually earning far better than, you know, what's considered a proper job. Yeah, I guess proper jobs are consistent. So, you you know, you're going to get that paycheck yes. every month. Whereas, I guess, you know, wait staff, mobile, if it's, a, you know, like, for instance, in the middle of the winter when tourist season might be pretty low, you're not going to get it as much. No. Whereas in the middle of summer when the city is packed full of tourists, especially tourists that are anxious about tipping for the first time because it's the first time in the country, probably going to make bank yeah. during that time. Um I think the attitude towards tipping, especially in America, from an outside perspective, is definitely changing. Well, well, yeah, the, I saw a YouTube video recently which was like tipping culture is getting out of control because it used to be, you know, 10% is average. And now you're hearing 25, 30%, 40. Like, it's getting quite high now. Well, I think before it was seen as this is the tipping culture. In the States, you tip because that's the culture. Yeah. And then there's kind of, I guess, I guess social media's became more of a thing. We're more aware of the kind of rules and regulations in different countries than we were before. And now we realise, oh, the reason tipping culture exists isn't because you want people to show their appreciation through generosity. It's because employment law says that you're on a book 50 an hour yeah. instead of having an actual minimum wage. So now people are like, well, no, I'm not tipping to support this horrible system. Yeah, well, I guess people are kind of guilted into it because they're like, oh, this person doesn't earn a lot and, you know, I'm paying for, for this meal. I'm going to make sure that they're sorted. And then, yeah, it's getting to the point now where the tipping is so expensive that the meal is not cheap anymore. And you go, oh, look, it's, you know, $20 burger. That sounds great. Oh, well, once I had tax and tips and whatever, it's become $100 like with drinks and, and stuff. Like, it's an expensive meal now. Yep. I was talking to one of my, my American friends recently. I was like, how much is like a, a burger at McDonald's? And I was like, I don't know, if you, if you, especially if you like get Uber Eats or whatever, um, you know, talking like $50 once we've like had it all delivered. Like, wow. I was like, you know, a burger used to be 50 cents if you went to the, the, the place, right? And it's like, oh, no, you can't do that anymore. They're, they're at least like $10 for a burger now. Yep. And that's just McDonald's. I remember when I was in New York, we went to a place called Burger Heaven. And for basically burger fries and a milkshake twice, it was like 60-something dollars before the tip. And I was like, what? I was like, it was nice, don't get me wrong. But it, it, that yeah, price no. is way off. And yeah, we were in the middle of Manhattan, so I guess I should probably expect to pay more. Um, but at the same time, it was just like, this is insane. Look, and the service wasn't amazing. Like, I guess being British, our attitude towards tipping is, if you're great at your job, that'll be reflected by the fact that I'll be tipping at all, yeah. let alone, you know, what the tip might be. Well, you, you see it in America a lot where people go, that was terrible service, but I still tip them. And I'm like, I wouldn't be doing what? that at all. Yeah, just now. Um, it's when companies add it on as a gratuity charge immediately. That's and the I'm worst. Like, and, yeah. like, and you have to ask to take it off, which annoys me because you're purely doing that to make me uncomfortable, hoping that I'll just accept it and give it you to the point where the second I see that, I'm like, no, no, you were okay, take that off. Especially when the company is the one receiving part of the tip. 
tip. In fact, at my second to New York, every person I wanted to tip, I asked, I was like, do your tips go in a jar or do you get them or does the company get them? Like, how does it work? And they'd be like, oh, they go in a jar. And I'd be like, cool. Like, yeah, because that, that's the worst thing. It's like the person who brought me my food, I could do that. What about the chef back there? And what about the cleaner? And what about the other people, right? They, they deserve part of that tip too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but still. So yeah, Joe, Joey's done pretty well for himself. Yes. Um, and his workmate also reminds him that, you know, if you want more tips, it never hurts to wear tight trousers. Now, I've certainly had female wait staff, and probably male as well, uh, flirt with me, uh, even in front of like partners, which has always been kind of surprising that they're that blatant. But it's, it's obvious what they're doing. Like, you want to have service with a smile, and if you're friendlier, then, you know, tip more, right? I don't know if we're in tight trousers. Uh, you know, would generate more tips. I mean, maybe if, you know, Joey is thrusting his crotch a little bit or, you know, he's an attractive man as well. And as we've discussed before, being attractive normally uh, gives you a few extra benefits. People are more generous to you. Well, really pretty privilege. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, interesting, I guess. I mean, I'm probably more likely to tip if you're conversational and funny, regardless of what you look like. Yeah. Like, if you, I don't care that you're hot. Like, plus, I'm not going to notice you flirting with more than likely, so. But yeah, I, I find it off-putting. It's just not... Like, like you're, you're, you're clearly flirting, and it's like, no, you don't need to try so hard. Just just be nice. Yeah, just bring me my stuff. <laughs> then say be hello. polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like you say, if you're fun and funny, like, that's more entertaining than you trying to make me feel like a, you know, a big man or whatever. Like, you're like, I'm probably not going to remember the pretty person that served me a month and a half later. But six months after that hilarious person made a good joke yes. when they gave my steak over, I went, hey, remember that way in New York? <laughs> well, also, you're, you're making me feel quite awkward in front of my girlfriend because she's giving me daggers right now because you're flirting with me and I've done nothing wrong in this situation. <laughs> like, I just sat here and wanted <laughs> yeah. to eat. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it, I'm hardly going to turn around and be like, so do you want to date now? It's like, it's not going to happen. No. But Monica uh, has had enough of the nonsense in the restaurant and decides to call her meeting. Okay. <laughs> Could the waiters gather around to hear tonight's specials? Okay. First, there's a Chilean sea bass prepared with a mango relish on a bed. Why is nobody writing these down? Because we can remember them. And because you're all going to make up fake specials and make me cook them like you did the other night? Well, sure, that too. Okay. Forget the specials for a minute. Um, right, here's the thing. For the last two weeks, I have uh, tried really hard to... Create a positive atmosphere. Can't hear you. Positive atmosphere. But I, I've had it up to here. But from now on, it is going to be my way or the highway, all right? Does anybody have a problem with that? Hey, new guy, I said, does anybody have a problem with that? No, ma'am. <laughs> hey, he has a name. It's Dragon. You want to know your name? Check your hat. You get the hat, right? Poor Monica. Joey just absolutely left her hanging. Um, yeah, she asked him why. And it's because he had $565 in his hands. And he's got a new plan, Mark. His new plan <laughs> is to stay 
make money and work from the inside saying nice things about Monica until they like her. I mean, I would definitely stay for making that in a in two days. Yeah, two days, yeah, fine. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd be in every single day. I'd be like, if this is the tips, how much is Monica getting paid? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd, I assume head chef pays well, to be honest. I, I don't know. I can barely cook, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to shout out is give a shout out to Fred Stoller. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, he's the actor with the very distinct voice um, who gives Joey his tips, who's in so, 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 so many films. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian, writer, actor, voice actor. He's in all sorts of stuff. Uh, he's in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, he's in so much stuff. Is he in Sabrina, the Teenage Witch? I want to say yes. Because, yeah, he, he's one of these actors who's never, he's never a main character. He's always a... Yeah, maybe one off or, you know, comes in for a couple of episodes for just like a scene or two. He's very memorable, definitely. Yeah, he's a very um, distinct voice. But he also, there is a couple of other actors that are very similar to him as well, and I always confuse them. Fair. Um, I think most recently I, I heard this chap in uh, High on Life, the video game from the yep. guys that did Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites. But because his voice is so unique, the second you hear it, you're like, it's him! Yes. Um, so I very much like spying him in Friends when he's in it, because I'm like, yeah, he's great. But still, um, we're back at the coffee shop and Phoebes is still working on her holiday song. Um, and she referenced Hanukkah and Chandler. And Chandler points out that he is not Jewish. Uh, Phoebe gets annoyed and mentions Ross, who suddenly awakes with a start mark. He fell asleep on the sofa. Or did he? Yeah. He wasn't sleeping. Um, he needs to leave. She's got another date. And uh, Phoebes tells him that he should break up with Poughkeepsie and Uptown um, because Phoebes has had a similar problem. When she lived in Prague. Prague, Mark. There's so much we don't know about Phoebes. Yeah, I, I like to relate to Phoebes where you know, there's so much you don't know about me. Yeah. Because you, you don't overshare on a podcast, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, this just made me wonder for how long and at what age Phoebe kind of became a part of the gang. Because there isn't like the, the Phoebe introduction episode where we, you know, we obviously we see Rachel running to the yeah. park in a wedding dress. Where's our Phoebe introduction episode? Yeah, because she talks about living on the streets and, you know, you feel like she did that into, you know, her adult life, I guess, in a lot of ways. We don't know how she got her life going when she ended up in Prague. Like, she's definitely someone who probably travelled when she was, like, 18 to early 20s and just ended up in places via, via friends and whatnot. Or Phoebe's just made it up. There is that. It seems like a very Phoebe thing to do. Just, I'm just going to tell people I lived in Prague for a bit. Why? Cause yeah, she does tell lies. She does. Yeah, because I was like, timeline-wise, I don't know where it would fit in. Um, but still, uh, we leave Central Park to find out that Chandler has put his foot in it once again. Chandler, Patrick just uh, ended things with me. Did you or did you not tell him that I was looking for a serious relationship? I did. I absolutely did. You idiot! I'm sure you're right, but why? <laughs> You don't tell a guy that you're looking for a serious relationship. You don't tell the guy that. Now you scared him away. Oh, man, I am sorry. I am so, so sorry. You know, you should never be allowed to talk to people. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, see, just um, now I'm right back where it started. Oh, this sucks. Being alone sucks. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're, you're going to meet somebody. You're a great catch. You know, when I was telling all those guys about you, I didn't have to lie once. Really? Yeah. You graduated magna cum laude, right? No. Ah, it doesn't matter. 
Well, you don't tell the guy you're looking for a long-term relationship. Yeah, like, Chana cannot get this right here, and I think very fair of Rachel. Like, you don't tell, as we've mentioned earlier, people's, like, expectations. Don't say you want a fling. Don't say you want a relationship. Just see what happens, because, yeah, either way is going to either scare them off or they're going to, you know, expect certain things. Yep, agreed. We don't have to get into that. But, Mark, what we didn't get into is magna cum laude. Do you know what that means, Mark? I don't speak Latin. No, my Latin's not great. Uh, so I Googled it. It literally translates as big when praise, which, which, <laughs> which made me laugh a lot. <laughs> like each way, it literally just means big when well, praise. Well, yeah, because, you know, magnum, as in like the the ice cream. Yeah, yeah big. Yeah. Yeah, fair. And then, yeah, then obviously, Lord, I to, to Lord somebody. So I get where it derived from, but just seeing it as big when praise made me chuckle a lot. <laughs> um, it's very, very Simpsons in, in, in big and the smallest man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know that's the literal translation according to Google um, but it's meant to mean with great distinction um, why would Chandler think that Rachel graduated with great distinction in anything other than what cheerleading nose jobs I mean she her, fa- her, her family has money right so you kind of feel like she's either going to have like the best tuition or go to the best schools or whatever like I, f- I feel like American colleges and stuff like if you have money then you can come out quite successful even if you are not the, the smartest out there. Fair. And we don't know what she, she did for her studies either. Like she could have done fashion or beauty or anything. Not those jobs. That's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but from everything we see, I'm like, no, I'm not particularly picturing Rachel graduating with, you know, great distinction. No, but yeah, we don't know if she ever did graduate and things like that. No, exactly. But I mean, you know, like he says, it doesn't matter. Um, this is a very sweet moment between Chandler and Rachel and it's very much nice to see the, the you know the comedy power couple I guess of the show having a nice tender moment uh, but then Chandler ruins it by asking if Rachel's ever been with a woman yeah uh, Rachel asks him what's wrong with him and Chandler accepts that it's probably not a good time to ever ask that question it feels like a jury joke it does it's like oh okay I, I guess they were like oh that was nice it's like hang on we haven't this Chandler he's got to say something stupid Let's, let's have a joke it, in here. Yeah, and also, you know, we, we haven't got to the point yet where this actually does come up in an episode. No. And I think if that had come first, then, you know, yes, this joke wouldn't quite work, but I think you feel like it would have been better asked. Yeah, it's so out of left field. Yeah. Though. Like, it doesn't like it's been mentioned in, like, the start of the episode at Central Park where they like, oh, like, one in four women admit that they had once, but, or, yeah. Or, or, you know, there's, there's some women at his work who, you know, have tickets to a different game he wants to go to. You know, there could have been something there. Yeah, it was just out of nowhere. I mean, I don't, I don't think it worked particularly well, to be fair. Um, we now join Ross, who's napping on the train, Mark. Have you ever fallen asleep on the train? Uh, often, yeah. Yeah, I like, I like falling asleep on the train. It's nice. It's so comfortable. It's the, I think it's the like the steady yes. sound and rhythm. It's like I don't know maybe you're being rocked as a baby. And you're it's, it's, well, it's very much like being in the womb. Like it's that that kind of like noise and motion. That's that's what it comes from. Yep. It's I don't know why it's so easy to fall asleep on a train, yeah. but it is. Um, but as they pull into Poughkeepsie, um, Poughkeepsie lady is waiting for him and uh, tries to wake Ross by banging on the window. Uh, it doesn't work though. Bye bye, Poughkeepsie. I mean, he's sleeping at such an awkward angle. His neck is going to hurt after that. It is. I mean, I, I can fall asleep pretty much anywhere at any time on anything. So I'm kind of relating Ross. I can fall asleep on that. I fall asleep on planes all the time really easily. I can't. I need to have um, a certain like ledge on the window. So if you have like a, a little, just a bit of an armrest, certain height, it's fine. When it's just like a perfectly flat window or an airplane where it's like curved and there's too much of a gap between the seat and the window. 
Can't do it. I mean, this many episodes in market, it's probably a miracle you've not turned around at some point and found me asleep in the chair, my head just <laughs> resting on the microphone. Um, but no, yeah, bye-bye Poughkeepsie. Uh, he's no good on that date. He's going all the way to somewhere else, which we'll find out later. Um, things are still awful for Monica with the staff ignoring her, lying about being able to speak English in English, and then locking her in the freezer. I really like that, where she's like, you know, but, but you did this morning. What can I tell you? <laughs> like, like, just perfectly back at her. The thing is, Monica is nice. I would fire that woman almost on the spot. Yes. I'd be like, right, that's just get out of my cape and you well, fired. Yeah. Why does she need a jury to fire? She's got plenty of choice. Yeah. None I'm, of them like her. I know she's, I guess in theory, that'd be digging herself a bigger hole because she's in trouble for firing, like, you know, the friend slash yes. relative of many of the staff that work there. But at the same time, there's a line. And this woman being disrespectful to her face in front of everyone, he's definitely crossing that line for me. Like, I'm a nice person, but I would definitely fire what can I tell you, lady? Like, ooh, no, you can do a new job. Um, but now we got our next clip. I'm a good person, and I'm a good chef, and I don't deserve to have marinara sauce all over me. You know what? If you want me to quit this band, then all you have to. Hey, Chef Keller, that little speech you made the other day, well, I got a problem with it. You do? You bet I do. I just, uh, wasn't listening then, that's all. Well, if you want a problem, I'll give you a problem. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna fire me? <laughs> you bet your ass I'm gonna fire you. Now get out of my kitchen. Get out! All right. Anybody else got a problem? How about you, Chuckles? You think this is funny now? No. Dance around all covered in sauce, huh? You think it's funny now? No, it's really good. Good. Now take those salads to table four. And you, get the swordfish. And you, get a haircut. Well, look at a haircut things a tad mean. <laughs> yeah. But Monica is definitely feeling her power. She's her own wind bearer at this point. Yes, so she definitely needed that kind of like confidence because just a bit whiny before yeah and no one's gonna oh, listen to her sorry guys be nice to me yeah she definitely needed this this oomph um we mentioned from time to time mark but the lack of employment protection for people in america is terrifying yep mostly because i know that i've annoyed so many bosses on so many occasions with comments or jokes that would have immediately got me fired <laughs> i would not keep jobs for long in america right, i think <laughs> it would just be one joke too far and you're fired about like, oh great yeah just it's just terrifying um, we're now back with Ross, and he's still asleep on the train. And the train, Mark, is now in Montreal. I mean, I don't know if there is a train that goes from New York to Montreal. There is, and there was. Okay, because I was going to say, it seems very strange that, you know, he's been on a train for so long, because American train systems do not go very far, as every American knows. Why there's no trains that just go across the states, yep. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised he could end up in a different country on train. Me too. So I looked into it. Um, there was, in, in 95, a train that went from New York to Montreal in Canada. Um, it ran once in the day and once at night. So at the time Ross is on it, it wouldn't have been possible for him to get that train because the train only ran twice. Um, in terms of crossing the border um, while on the train, uh, he should have been stopped. Uh, the train should stop at the border where everyone is checked for ID. Uh, in 1995, you didn't need a passport. A driver's license or any kind of photo ID would suffice for you getting into Canada. Um, but 
as of 2007, the rules change and you did need your passport and this train still does run. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, that research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's now also sat next to a very pretty woman uh, whom upon Ross waking says, I made a bet with myself that you had beautiful eyes. Now that I see them, I win. So, yeah, so she definitely did a Ross there. It was like, he can't get past me if I sit next to him. Yep. Just, look, what? Like, good thing this lady's cute, Mark, because there is, that's the only way she's getting away with such an awful line. Yeah, like, I can't imagine any self-respecting person, let alone a woman, <laughs> doing this line. It's just so convoluted. Like, <laughs> I sat here and thought to myself, did you get really pretty? No, no, immediately, break the window, get out. Yeah, yeah, like... Okay, you think I got pretty eyes? You've been staring at me for a while. Like, can you just go? You're very attractive. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's, oh, okay, that's nice. What are you staring at me for? Yeah, like, it's, it's it's too much. Leave me nap. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, but no, just gross. Um, but she's pretty, so I guess she gets away with it. She could have said absolutely anything, like, "Oh, did you know that strawberries sometimes have tiny worms in them?" And Ross would have been like, <laughs> oh, "What?" It just wouldn't have mattered. Uh, yeah. Could have said anything. Um, Ross is confused, but then she asks him if he wants coffee, and suddenly he's wide awake. He doesn't need that coffee. Yeah. He's very much paying attention. Um, but Ross is like, mm. Poughkeepsie was, you know, far enough. Uh, he asks her, do you live in Montreal? And she's like, no, no, no. It's just a, a two-hour ferry ride away in Nova Scotia. <sighs> Which also is odd, because it seems very late at night at this point. And then there's just a ferry. That's a two-hour ferry ride that's just running through the night. I assume she was in New York having fun. I don't think she works in New York. I think no, but I mean, I mean, at this, I mean, at this point in time, like they're getting off the train very late at night, mm. and now they're going to get this ferry that also runs late into the night as well. Guess it has to in the in the frozen north. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, long distance relationships, you know, do add a unique element of challenge. I guess it's you know, I mean, two hours ferry rides is a long way to go, plus a whatever four hour train ride. I mean, there's a lot of excitement that builds up though during those six hours. I guess. I mean, I'm in a long-distance relationship, and I mean, it's only one hour's flight. But yeah, it, it has its own challenges. You know, you do miss people, but at the same time, like you said, when you do get to see each other, it is uh, it is heightened, I guess, because you're like, yay. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to go on a tour of ferry ride. I would definitely just fly to Montreal. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I'm not doing this train. <laughs> I was, I was wondering where you was going with that. Oh, I definitely would do two-hour ferry ride, <laughs> but I'm happy to, to spend my two, three hours flying in a plane. <laughs> That's just, it, yeah, I mean, it's, Obviously, Ross is an idiot. It's essentially my point. Yeah. He's, he's exhausted himself trying to date a convenient lady and a Poughkeepsie lady, and has now decided, sure, I'll go for coffee with a Canadian. Yeah, I, you know, I, I envy Ross's life of having three attractive women, you know, hitting on him. It makes me quite troubled for Ross, really. I'm quite <laughs> worried. Like, has he not gotten over Rachel? Is he still hurting inside? Why is he throwing himself around like this? He's not throwing himself around. They're throwing <laughs> themselves at him. He doesn't even have to do anything. He just has to sit there sleeping and women are throwing themselves at him. It's fair. I, I do like how all throughout Friends, Chandler's like the dorky kind of... Well, I don't know what... Chandler's Chandler. I guess Chandler's unique yeah. in the sense that I can't really categorise Chandler in his dating life. And Joey's the hot one. And Ross is meant to be the geeky one. But... He's a handsome man. I don't know watching television, but when you look at them, oh, that's going to be really mean. Ross isn't the ugly one in the group. You don't think that? No. I like the Simpsons joke where they're like, David Swimmer, yeah, he's, he's uh, good looking in an ugly sort of way. <laughs> but, I mean, he's very, he's very broad. Like, he's a very like, manly man. Just because the show I wouldn't doesn't... say manly man. He's just very tall, isn't he? So... No, if you look at it, like his dimensions, he's quite broad across the right. chest. Like, he's definitely not... Slender like Chandler, like Chandler's very like narrow and almost gangly. Okay, 
which sounds mean. But I don't you, mean it mean. You've been looking at these men in an awful lot of detail. Well, because I was thinking about, like, we've often commented about how the, the women that Ross dates are all very, very, very attractive women. Like, yes. don't, you don't ever watch it and go, she's like, like some of the women you, you, that you, Joey you, brings home, I'm like, why is Joey dating her? Yeah, you never go with the, the women that Ross dates. Go, oh, she's cute. Or, she, you know, she's pretty. It's always, no, she is a stunning, attractive woman. Yeah. Who's uh, long legs, blonde hair, you know, typical supermodel look. Yeah, and given the the way Ross is presented as a person, not the, the looks, he's not, you know, he doesn't seem like that's, the, I guess, if you want to be weird about it, like achievable for Ross. Yeah. But at the same time, as a person, he, he's actually quite good looking. So it kind of makes sense. But I just feel bad for Ross because clearly this isn't good for him. He's, he must be lacking something inside. Okay. So I'm worried about Ross. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> But Monica is uh, looking all pleased of herself back at the restaurant. Um, you know, she's finally going to establish her power. She's, you know, she's in charge. She's head chef now. Um, until Joey enters the kitchen and is about to leave. Uh, and he's trying to help, but he's just laying it on a bit thick. Uh, he's ruining it, talking about his imaginary wife and kids, and it's going to be a lean, lean Christmas in, in the dragon household. Yeah, he puts it on too much. He should have just left. Not, not come back for his stuff and... You know, it's really obvious. It, as we've already discussed millions of times before, the whole, you know, sound travels in Friends really mm. weirdly. You know, he goes and talks to Monaco again, like, up close. Like, anyone in the background, and you notice them, like, leave and stuff as well. Because it's like, oh, these people who clearly would be, like, against her can see that Joey is talking to her fairly normally, quite happy in their friends. Yeah. Have to leave the scene. But, yeah, yeah I don't like it. It's weird. But it may be a lean Christmas in the dragon household, Mark. But it's okay, because Phoebe has finally finished her Christmas song. Went to the store, sat on Santa's lap, asked him to bring my friends all kinds of crap. <laughs> Said all you need is to write them a song. They haven't heard it yet, so don't try to sing along. No, don't sing along. Monica. first time we've actually heard a whole song from phoebe i feel like we never just hear i think we hear all of smelly cat eventually eventually but yeah it's yeah pretty much i mean it's one of the songs you do hear in for yeah. she writes a lot of songs she doesn't finish a lot of songs yeah we we hear the, the start of songs and bits of them yeah i yeah. mean i had to include it it's a great song yeah christmas will be oh, i mean we, yeah we always got to include a phoebe song exactly um and that's the episode you know what? This might be one of our longest episodes yet. And I don't know how. Because to me, this isn't that great of an episode. I mean, maybe we padded. We, uh, we did good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan did good. I guess it's one of the things where, yeah, like in the episodes that are kind of light on content and like a lot of stuff, I guess naturally we just kind of end up talking about them more because we're I... not as focused on the episode because the episode's not as worth focusing on, if that makes sense. Maybe. I mean, this. There's nothing bad about this episode, but like Ross's dates, you know, they don't go anywhere. It's not an interesting or exciting storyline. No. 
Uh, Monica's job stuff is like pretty good. I like I like all that stuff. The way you know empowers her eventually, and the Rachel stuff can be like very funny. Um, with you know want to be flung and going on flings and whatever. And I really like when her and Chandler kind of get together. Yeah. Um, it's very sweet, especially when you know he's sitting on the the armchair and he's twiddling with her hair and stuff like that. Like part of me is like, oh, is he allowed to do that? But at the same time, it's like you know they they're close enough friends where that that is okay. Yeah. And I I really like seeing that because you. Don't really see a lot of Chandler and Rachel. No. See a lot of like Joey and Rachel and Ross, Stephanie and Rachel, but not Chandler. So it's nice. But there's nothing about this episode that stands out. It's like, yes, this is a must watch. It's it's not even a funny episode. For me, I guess I'd call it like a comfort episode. Yeah. Like, it isn't like I take the Rachel or we're on a break. It hasn't got these like giant, giant intense stakes. Um, and I'm not absolutely like side like tearing my sides with laughter but it is just kind of like oh friends yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. yeah you 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 watch it eating your dinner and it you know fills some time but it's not it's not a must see episode so i'm surprised we spoke about it for so long yeah who knows that's the way we roll sometimes <laughs> yeah i guess we should wrap it up there then yeah are you, are you gonna wrap it up quickly like you normally do i was planning on it are you, or are you going to actually do the socials and help promote the, the podcast to the new listeners? I feel like I've said Patreon too many times already today. No, we, we need more patrons. You say Patreon. More patrons. More patrons. What are we going to do that? We're just going to ASMR whisper. Yeah. Please give us some money. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it helps us make this show. It does. Uh, yep, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash watching friends um, where there's exclusive content. I don't know why my voice changed then. That was weird. Um, there's also ad-free versions of the podcast. Um, and it's, yeah, this piece of content is the main reason to do it, to be honest. Um, if you're going to subscribe, there's a lot of fun stuff on there. and There's more to come. Um, yeah, Ryan, so what, what was we discussing earlier? That's on the Patreon only. Think about you doing something. Anyway, just skip back Remind us what's on our own Patreon <laughs> yeah. by subscribing. No, not on the Patreon. What you said earlier. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, thank you for getting this far and listening to us because, you know, we, at this point, we're basically talking to no one. Like, I'm not telling you where the socials are. Well, actually, I, I am, generally. Um, it doesn't hurt from mind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I always like it when people do listen to the very end of the episode rather than just go, ah, oh, skip it. Next one. Um, but yeah, they should write to us, shouldn't they? Yep. On Facebook and Twitter, uh, Watch Friends Pod. And then there's also just the web form work on watchingfriends.com. It does. It should do. Well, it should do. If not, contact at watchingfriends.com. Send us a letter. Yeah. I actually need to sign into the Patreon and have more of a chat with the patrons because I don't really do that and I should. No. should do that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying no. I said no. <laughs> no. You want them off. They'll take the money away. They can't have money filtered access mean, to Ryan. I mean, yeah, you, you have just said earlier how, you know, you don't like people talking to you. Not on the bus. Like in general, it's fine. But when I'm on the bus and I've got my book and my headphones in, nothing about that says, please talk to me. But if you, if you want to pay $5 a month, you can talk to Ryan. Yeah, I'll pay to be paid to talk. It's fine. <laughs> That's it, man. That's the end right, of the episode. Okay, cool. End so you. I guess we'll be back next week. The one with Phoebe's uterus, which sounds really boring. It's one of the best episodes. It is good. So definitely tune in next week for that it definitely has one of the most memorable friends moments in it yes definitely some number based moments yeah. but we'll, we'll get to that next week so without further ado it's a goodbye from me goodbye from me as well <laughs>